please join in our responsive call to worship. We come to this place for refuge. God is our rock and our fortress. We come to this hour for guidance. God is our rock and our fortress. We come together for courage and we wait for the Lord. God is our rock and our fortress. As the saints of God, when we pass through deep waters or go through times of fiery trial, the Lord our God is with us. And so with confidence in God, our creator and our redeemer, let us confess our sin. Let us pray together. Almighty God, you love us, but we have not loved you. You call, but we have not listened. We walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, help us to admit our sin so that as you come to us in mercy, we may repent, turn to you, and receive forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.
And now listen to this. Hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit given to us in baptism. Friends, believe this good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Since God has made peace with us in Christ, we have peace with one another. As we share that peace momentarily here in the sanctuary, I invite those who are worshiping online to join in by scanning the QR code on the screen or clicking the link below the video player to sign in on the online pew pad to deepen our sharing in worship together. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let's greet one another with words and signs of peace. receive a Bible. So Sarah and Elijah Lee, I invite you to stand on the steps. Thank you, David. I see you coming down. Excellence. I know we have a few others who are joining us as well. So friends, this is marking an amazing and important moment in these children, although I say children, they're about to become youth in the youth program, an important moment in their faith journey as they do officially enter the youth program next year. During this season of Eastertide, we often reflect on how early church communities grew in their faith. And even though it doesn't seem like all that long ago that you were receiving a kindergarten Bible in chapel, every Sunday when I come into your class and hear the depth of the questions you ask and the connections that you're making between your faith and the wider world, I have no doubt in my mind of how much you have grown as Christ's disciples during your time in Sunday school, and I am so proud of all of you. But the Bibles that the five of you are about to receive aren't just gifts from me or from your Sunday school teachers, they're a gift from our entire church. Something that we do as part of our commitment that we make at every baptism to nurture the faith of every child who comes through our walls. And so as representatives of the congregation, I would now invite the parents of these children to come forward and to stand behind them. So even though our teachers do an amazing job of helping our students grow, and students we can spread out just a tiny bit. <laughs> Parents, I know that every single one of you have been an important part of shaping the faith of your children. Parents are there to field tough questions, to give tough answers, and to model what it means to be a person of faith in this world. And so we celebrate with you too as we reach this important milestone in this journey together. So parents, I invite you at this time to hand your child's Bible to them as representatives of this congregation and to share a word of how proud you are of them. <laughs> and then I invite you to close by placing a hand on their shoulder as we say a collective prayer for them. Let us pray. So dear God, we are so grateful for every one of our fifth graders today, for Johan and for David, for Ella Jolie and Sarah and for Etta for the ways in which they have grown in you during their time in Sunday school and the ways that all of them will continue to grow into the people that you are calling them to be. 
So as they open up these Bibles later today and in the days and years ahead, may they be filled with a joy and excitement to learn more about you and your presence in their lives. May they not be afraid to ask questions, but instead to engage fully in your world, in your word, with all of the challenges and wisdom and beauty that it brings. And finally, O oh Lord, may you help each of us to support them as parents, as teachers, as friends, and as a church family. May they know that they always have an entire community of people who support them in love and care and want nothing but the best for them. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. So fifth graders, again, we are so proud of each one of you. Blessings to you as you enter into the youth program next year and know that you always have a home here at this church. Blessings, friends, and I invite you to return to your seats for now. Congrats, guys. <laughs> Welcome indeed to worship at Fourth Church on this Mother's Day morning with our children's and youth choirs and fifth grade Bibles and the sacrament of baptism in a moment. It is really wonderful to be together for worship. We uh, would like to invite those of you who are in the sanctuary to sign the offline pew pad and pass it down the pew. Take note of the names of the people who are seating around you, people you just exchanged peace with especially if you are here for the first time or the first time in a long while. This is helpful for us so that we know that you were here and if anything about your connection to the church has changed, say your email address or phone number or anything like that, you can let us know that as well and we can reach out to you. Another way that we are connected in this place on Sunday mornings is through prayer with our deacons following the worship service. If you'd like to pray with someone, there will be deacons in the stone chapel, which is just to, the, uh, to your right in the front of the sanctuary to pray with you following the service. A quick note this morning that Pastor Shannon is away this weekend at her daughter Hannah's graduation from Davidson College in North Carolina. She will be back here in the pulpit next Sunday and then of course, on May 28th, which will be her final Sunday with us. We hope that you're planning to take part in that worship service as we thank Shannon for her ministry among us these past nine years and bless her and her family for this next chapter in their life and work. Following that service on the 28th, there will be a congregational meeting for the purpose of recommending our presbytery formally dissolve the pastoral relationship between Shannon and Fourth Church. And afterwards, we will gather for a festive reception in Anderson Hall for Shannon's, uh, in Shannon's honor. We hope that you'll participate in that as well. We're going to present Shannon with a memory box on that day. It's gonna be filled with cards and notes, letters or recollections of memories of her ministry here that you might have. You can send those things in to be included in the memory box until May 21st, that's next Sunday. Instructions for how to do that are in the worship bulletin this morning. I invite you to look for that. You'll also find in that worship bulletin information about how to send us names of those who are graduating this spring from eighth grade or high school, college, or a graduate or professional program so that we can include those names and recognize those folks in the bulletin on baccalaureate Sunday in June. For all of these things and more, we are grateful to be together. And we now move in gratitude to the celebration of the sacrament of baptism. Well, friends, it is obeying the word of our Lord Jesus Christ and confident in his promises that we baptize all those whom God has called. 
But we do give particular thanks this morning for Colette and for Mona May, for Serena and for Gregory and Walter, for Taylor and for Ollie, as all of them are about to be baptized. It is in baptism that God claims us and seals us to show that we belong to God. God frees us from sin and death, uniting us with Christ, and by water and the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and joined in Christ's ministry of love and justice and peace. So friends, let us remember with joy our own baptisms as we celebrate this sacrament together. So parents, I invite all of you now to stand as we answer questions. First, do you desire that your children be baptized? If so, please say, I do. Do you, as their parents, confess your own faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and do you trust in him? Do you? And relying on God's grace, do you intend your children to be Christ's disciples, to obey God's word, and to show God's love? Men, you may be seated for now. And now Brian Satchery, a member of our church's session, has a question for all of us as a congregation. In our Presbyterian tradition, the congregation as a whole takes responsibility for nurturing those baptized into the life of the church. Do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide and nurture these children by word and deed, with love and prayer, encouraging them to know and to follow Christ and to be faithful members of Christ's church? If so, please say, we do. We do. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, eternal God, for you nourish and sustain all living things by the gift of water. In the beginning of time, your spirit was moving over the watery chaos, calling forth order and life. And in the waters of the Jordan, Jesus was baptized by John and was anointed with your spirit. By the baptism of his own death and resurrection, Christ set us free from sin and death and opened the way to eternal life. And so gracious God, we pray now that you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon this font, that this font would be a place of new birth, that as these children pass through these waters that they would be delivered from death into life, from bondage to freedom, from sin into righteousness. May you strengthen them to serve you with joy until the day you make all things new. And to you be all praise, honor, and glory through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. So Brian, I invite you to present our first candidate for baptism. Steve and Nikki Drake present their child, Colette Reese, for baptism. All right. Ready, Colette? All right. Colette Reese, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Colette, child of the covenant, you are sealed in the Holy Spirit in your baptism, and you are marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. <laughs> Maybe after service. <laughs> Patrick and Jennifer Lucy present their child, Mona Mae Sheila, for baptism. Would the sponsors please stand? <laughs> Mona Mae Sheila, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I know, Mona Mae, child of the covenant. You are sealed in the Holy Spirit in your baptism, and you are marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 
Clint and Melissa Reimer present their child, Serena Rose, for baptism. Would the sponsors please stand? <laughs> Serena Rose, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, <laughs> and of the Holy Spirit. Serena, child of the covenant, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit in your baptism, and you are marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. <laughs> Troy and Jillian Schmidt present their children, Gregory Park and Walter Bates, for baptism. Would the sponsors please stand? All right. Gregory, you want to stand right there? <laughs> so, Gregory Park, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Gregory, child of the covenant, you have been marked by the Spirit in your baptism, and you are sealed in God's love forever. Amen. <laughs> Now, Walter. Walter Bates, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Walter, child of the covenant, you are sealed in the Holy Spirit in your baptism, and you are marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. Good job, bud. <laughs> Brian and Emily Trainer present their child, Taylor Catherine, for baptism. <laughs> Taylor, Catherine, I baptize you in the name of the Father <laughs> and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Taylor, Catherine, child of the covenant, you are marked by the Spirit in your baptism and you are sealed in Christ's love forever. Amen. <laughs> Tyler and Katie Vostry present their child, Ollie Patrick, for baptism. Would the sponsors please stand? So, Ali Patrick, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Ali, child of the covenant, you are marked by the Spirit in your baptism, and you are sealed in Christ's love forever. Amen. May I hold him? So parents, I invite you to turn with your children now and to face the congregation so that all of us may meet these newest members of our church family. It is such a blessing to be here with them to celebrate God's love and to remember that depth of love for each one of us. So amen, friends, and I invite us now, uh, parents, you may be seated. So I invite us all to close with a word of prayer. <laughs> so merciful and loving God, you have called each of us by name and you hold us in your love. And so we ask now that you watch over Colette, Moname, Serena, Gregory, Walter, Taylor, and Ollie, that as they grow up, you would be guiding them every step of the way. May you increase their compassion for others. May you inspire them to make a difference in this world. And may you help them to know that they are your beloved children. May you help their parents as they teach their faith to them. And may you help us as a church to support them in doing so. May love and joy be a constant presence in their families and may they be continually inspired by you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.
Let us pray. Living God, with joy, we celebrate the presence of your risen word. Enliven our hearts by your Holy Spirit so that we may proclaim the good news of eternal and abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5, and 23 through 24. Listen now for God's word to us. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden from me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts haughtily. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. seated as we continue to welcome forward any children who will be attending Sunday school this morning. Kids, I know we're a little crowded up here, so I will keep it short, but I do want to say it is such a joy as we welcome these newest members of our church family. I hope you wave hello to all of the baptism children. And for those of you who we honored in fifth grade, this truly is a day of celebration for all of us as we conclude our regular Sunday school year before summer Sunday school starts in a few weeks. But I hope that you will thank your teachers for all that they have done and shared with you this year. So thank you and I invite you to go upstairs to your classrooms. Well, before we turn to scripture, I do want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and grandmothers and mother figures in our congregation. Also at the same time acknowledging that I know this day can be bittersweet or perhaps even bitter 
for those who have had their mother pass away or who want nothing more than to be a mother themselves. This day can be a complicated one, but it does honor one of the most central relationships that we will ever have. And so even at the risk of being overly saccharine, I do hope that you will take the opportunity to share a word of gratitude and love, not just to your mother, but all of the mothers and mother figures today, because they are truly a blessing to us all. So turning now to scripture. Our final scripture lesson comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verses four through 18. So let us listen now for God's word to us this day. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhorting, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affliction, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope and be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. And if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this Sunday marks the 12th week in our 13-week series through the Apostles' Creed, hard as that is to believe. And today, coming on the heels of I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, we arrive at a curious phrase, I believe in the communion of saints. This is actually one of the few statements in the Apostles' Creed that doesn't appear in the earliest versions of the Creed. It isn't believed to have been added until the fifth century coming from the writings of a bishop named Nicetus, but it soon appears in almost every formulation of the Creed thereafter. Now hearing that word communion almost certainly evokes the sacrament for most of us, but interestingly that phrase communion of the saints isn't referring to the elements themselves but instead the very spirit behind the communion meal. One of the ways of understanding communion, something that is shared across denominations, is that in communion the line between past and present and future are blurred. That whenever we share the bread and cup together, we are not only remembering Christ's final night with the disciples, but also professing the future promises of God's kingdom to come, even as we share that meal in a particular moment in a particular community. And as part of that liturgy, we are reminded that we are part of a much wider family of faith, united not only with Christians around the globe, but with all those who have come before us and all those who will come after us. That is the understanding of communion being referenced in the Apostles' Creed, referring to that wider, much wider family of faith. But I bet for many of us that word saints that is attached to it may leave some of us wondering if we have a seat at that table at all. 
I think that if you ask most people what the word saint refers to, you would hear descriptions of someone who lived an exceptionally holy life, so much so that they are honored and venerated with an official title. Those of you who may have grown up Catholic or in the Eastern Orthodox Church will be familiar with that sort of veneration, ranging from early apostles like St. Peter or St. Paul to that saint title being given to popes or people who dedicated their entire lives to service, like Mother Teresa. (laughs) But as Nicetus wrote in the fifth century and as the earliest church seems to attest in the language used throughout the New Testament, we are actually meant to understand that term saints just a little bit differently. We are not holy or blessed by what we do. Instead, our holiness comes from the very identity of being beloved children of God the exact thing we were celebrating in our baptisms this morning. In some ways, this debate over saints is an extension of the faith versus works and grace versus merit debate that came out of the Reformation. And our Reformed and Presbyterian tradition is clear that every single one of us is part of that communion of saints, whether we like that term being used for us or not. And I'll be honest, I don't really like thinking of myself as a saint. I don't often feel like one, even though I recognize the word just means that I'm a beloved child of God. But what I do appreciate about that word, though, is that being a saint inspires me and challenges me to live up to a higher calling in my life, something that is exactly what Paul was getting at in the passage to the Romans that we just read. Let love be genuine, Paul exhorts. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought in what is noble in the sight of all. One of the core beliefs that we hold as Reformed Christians is recognizing that we will never do any of those things perfectly and that all of us will fall short of those. But that does not mean that we stop striving for them or that we stop trying to make them part of our reality. Because ultimately building our relationships with God and building our relationships with one another is central to what it means to be Christian and to be the church. Paul began today's passage with the same metaphor that he once shared with the church in Corinth. The church is one body with many members and that we are inextricably linked with one another. In Paul's words, we who are many are one body in Christ. And individually, we are members of one another. So what the Apostles' Creed is reminding us is that our body that we are a part of is more than just this single church family. Instead, we are tied and linked with all those who came before us, just as we are with all those who come after us. There's something incredibly beautiful about recognizing that we are part of a much wider tradition and witness than just our current context. Because the reality is that every single one of us have been shaped by those who came before us, even those we may have never had the opportunity to meet. I'm named after my great-grandfather on my mom's side, Matthew, but I never had a chance to meet him. In fact, my mom barely knew him. He passed away when she was less than a year old. But the primary memory she had was a story that was shared with her about the time he was sneaking her spoonfuls of ice cream as an infant and the joy that he took in seeing utter delight on her face. And so even though I never met him in person, even though she barely knew him, I certainly believe that we met the spirit that he handed down, 
the spirit of playfulness that I see in my own grandpa, and the care and love that my mom surrounded me with growing up. I'm sure all of you have a similar story yourselves. We are deeply connected to those who came before us, previous generations who shaped us and our wider world in ways that sometimes we don't even fully recognize or understand. Every second Sunday in May, we do observe Dedication Commemoration Sunday here at Fourth Church, remembering the dedication of this sanctuary space 109 years ago, and remembering the generations of people who have worshiped here and who have sought to live lives of faithful witness, both in their own lives as well as how this church served the city and the wider world. And as we recognized in the scripture, or before the scripture, the second Sunday is also best known as Mother's Day. And there are few relationships more formative than the ones that we have with our mother. All of us are invariably products of people in our lives, along with our wider culture and the area and time that we grew up in. And so whether we seek to pass down what we receive or at times push back against it, we are always looking to move forward and to be able to pass down a new generation of witness. Those ties that bind us together are powerful. And so we cannot ignore the fact that everything that has been handed down to us is not always something positive. There are many who have been hurt by the church over the years, and we do know that we grew up in cultures that passed down bias and prejudice, whether overtly or subtly. And frankly, I recognize that not everyone has a great or even good relationship with their mother. But while we are invariably tied to the people and culture that came before us, we do also profess that we are not completely bound to them. There's a reason this phrase communion of saints appears in the section of the Apostles' Creed related to the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. We believe that God's Spirit is forever inspiring and guiding us into our future, asking us to listen in this very moment about who we are being called to be right now, both as individuals and as a church. And we do so trusting that the generations who come after us, from those who have just been baptized this morning to those fifth graders who receive their Bibles, that they will one day be continuing that work. One day they too will be deacons or members of session, wrestling with what they received from us and passing down their faith, helping influence a generation that we may never even meet, and yet with whom we believe and trust, we are all still closely tied together too. As Walt Whitman once wrote in his poem, O Me, O Life, the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. The powerful play does go on, that communion of saints that have guided us and shaped us into this very moment and that promise of a next generation of saints who will continue to carry what we hand down to them. So if that powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse, what will your verse be? And what will our verse as a church be? I hope that whatever that verse is, that that verse is grounded in hope and love. I hope that that verse rejoices with those who rejoice and weeps with those who weep. That that verse holds fast to what is good, repays no person evil for evil. I hope that the world that I one day leave behind, the world that all of us one day leave behind, is one that is more compassionate and caring less defined by enmity and hatred and violence, and instead defined by forgiveness and understanding and love. I hope that our verse as a church is reminding every single person who comes through these doors that they are a beloved child of God, that they are a saint, 
and that they have been called by the Holy Spirit to witness to God's love in this world. I hope that verse is not only telling people, but truly showing them that they have a home here, that no matter what their age or income level is, no matter their gender identity, sexual identity, or racial identity might be, they have a home here. I hope that that verse works for the honor and dignity of all, that it works to make dreams and opportunities flourish and has little tolerance for injustice. And I do hope that we remember and honor and embrace our past, but that we're not limited or bound by it, trusting that God's spirit is always at work in our midst, calling us into our future in hope and trust and love, and calling each one of us to be a witness to love's power in this world. Friends, I believe in the communion of saints. Those who are seated next to you right now this morning, those who are watching this online, those who are upstairs in their Sunday school and youth classrooms, those who are gathering in congregations across our city and our country and our world. I believe in the communion of saints who have come before us, and I believe in the communion of saints with all those who will come after us trusting that each one of us has a verse to share in this powerful play, a vast multitude connected in one body through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I believe that God is working in and around and through you today, reminding you that you are a saint even if you may not feel like one, and that whenever you choose to speak or share love, whenever you sow seeds of kindness and compassion, whenever you seek understanding and grace, you're witnessing to the one who first shared those things with us. So thanks be to God for this wider communion of saints that we are a part of. And may the Spirit continue to guide us in this next season of our lives and all the seasons that lie ahead. Amen.
saying what it is we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The white roses in our chancel today indicate a change in the life of our church. William J. McDonough passed into the arms of God on January 22nd. And Lynn Alsdorf also entered into God's embrace on April 3rd. We give thanks for each of their precious lives and thanks to God for the promise of eternal life. And the red rose today indicates a birth in our community. I'm delighted to announce that Maya Edna Ajin Choi Moro was born on Thursday this week, May 11th, to Sun Young Choi Moro and our own Pastor Joe Moro. We give thanks to God for this gift of new life. Let us pray. Holy God of all creation, on this Mother's Day, we give you thanks that each of our own mothers brought us into this world. We thank you for the mothering that women have done throughout time, whether as birth mothers or adoptive mothers or foster mothers or simply as women who have given strong love and nurturing and healing love to those hungry for a mother's grace. Bless all women on this day, we pray, and bless all people whose work has been committed to raising adults from children, this formidable and joyful and worthy task. We pray, O oh God, that you would be with all families today, those into which we were born and those that we have chosen and built around us. Let families be places of affirmation and support encouragement and growth as we humans continue to learn how to be community, how to be family, how to be church. Guide us through forgiveness and perseverance and bring us to joy with each other. We pray today also for those who grieve. We have lost so much in the last years. Help us to find you, God of grace, in the midst of all our sorrow. We grieve the loss of more than 6,927,378 lives to the global pandemic. Be with those who continue to struggle with long COVID and help us all as we continue to adapt to our world in new ways. Strengthen those who struggle with illnesses of any kind 
be with doctors and nurses and other healthcare providers seeking to provide healing. Be a force of love and hope to the families and friends of those working to heal from cancer or learning to live with new limitations. We pray for those who struggle with addictions of any kind. May they get the help and support that they need. We pray for our world, for all leaders and peoples and nations. Give us the courage to confront injustice and violence and the wisdom of how to do so. Shield all those who are in harm's way. Overcome war with peace. Look into our own hearts, God, and remove any greed or fear that you find there. Let us be people of peace, people who are strong in conviction and commitment to justice and to love. You, Holy One, are the resurrected God, you who bring life out of death and hope out from despair. Hear the cries of your people. Receive the prayers of our lips and of our hearts, and hear us as we pray as Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God has gifted us with all that is, with life and breath and all creation. In gratitude, let us return a portion of what we have received. This morning's offering will now be received. Please. 
we give you thanks and praise for light and life and love, and above all, the presence of the living Lord among us. By your Spirit who breathes within us, strengthen our faith, use our gifts, and work in our lives to bear witness to the resurrection of Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.
So friends, in gratitude for those who came before us, filled with hope for the generations that come after us, may each of us embrace our identity as saints of beloved children of God, and that whatever our verse that we contribute might be, that it would be one grounded in that hope and love. So as we go from this place, may God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn God's face to you and give you peace, not just now, but forevermore. Amen.